Could you tell after the wanderings I was just making it up? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm the prince of Nigeria. I have a I have a sum of money that uh, you can I claim. I was in the middle. I was in the middle of writing all of that and then got distracted. So when I said I I, th- I feel like I forgot something, I really did. And all the people just <laughs> tuning in were like, "Well, I guess they're not streaming anything." The wheels are coming off this podcast <laughs> quick today. Tony, where are you? Bring a book with you. I need you. Tony. You don't like cupcakes? The tinfoil hat is now just a fedora. All right. See, that's why you're not supposed to connect to a VPN in Timbuktu. You're supposed to, like, you know, the town <laughs> over, the closest big town to you, right? Yeah, but Antarctica never has anybody on their servers. It's great. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and they're super cold, so they run fast. <laughs> just, How are the just polar like bears me? doing, man? I've, I've been hearing a lot of bad things about the polar bears. Yeah, they're running out of uh, frozen ice over there. Uh, the servers are melting boats. it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's probably true. Bitcoin, man. <laughs> The Bitcoin graphics card servers or ASIC servers, man. Those are just... Bitcoin oh, is... man. All the overclocking. Bitcoin is literally <laughs> tanked overnight since we were talking about it yesterday. Welcome to Mintcast, the podcast by the Linux Mint community for all users of Linux. This is episode 359.5. Livestream information is at mintcast.org slash livestream. We're in the Mintcast channel in IRC at irc.spotchat.org. If you see something you'd like to hear about, tell us. Send us email at mintcast at mintcast.org. Join us live on YouTube. Post at the Mintcast subreddit. Chat with us on Telegram, Discord, Facebook, or post directly at mintcast.org. This is Leo. And with me today is Joe. Hello. Josh. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. We're recording on Sunday, April 18th, 2021. First up, in our intersection, we take another privacy stroll down privacy lane. Uh, we talk a little bit about Google's flock. And finally, the feedback and a couple suggestions. One thing we forgot to mention in the news, uh, which Londoner reminded us of, is Slackware 15 beta is out. And, um, man, it's a long time coming. Hadn't it been like a decade since Slackware had put anything out? Uh, It was one of my very first um, distributions that I was tortured with. Uh, I didn't know much about Linux. And one of the uh, teachers I had at the time that knew I was intrigued by the idea of it was like, hey, let's just throw this guy on hard mode and see what happens. after a couple of days, I figured it out uh, with a lot of his help. But um, yeah, Slackware's got a little spot in my heart. Was that back when nice. you had to install it all on multiple disks, like from uh, from floppies? Or I don't think so. It was all burned on one CD. So I feel like, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't that far back. I think it was early 2000s where, oh, okay. I, where I dove into this. But um, yeah, it, it was hard. It was hard. Uh, so I, I feel for people that are just getting into Linux that are like, uh, and then hear that one guy that's like, hey, you should try Arch. And then they, they, they run into it, but they don't have any resources other than people that'll tell you to go read the wiki, right? You so, should try Gentoo. Yeah, I it's feel fine. for those people. <laughs> oh, God, it's even worse. Just go with Linux from scratch. That's perfect for beginners. That confused yeah. the crap out of me the first time someone someone said that because I'm like, I'm looking for this distro and I'm like, Where, there's no there's no download, there's no anything. And then I realized, oh, it's just an instruction manual to literally uh-huh. install Linux from scratch. <laughs> yeah. 
So thanks, Leonard, for that uh, for that tidbit. Um, so let's let's dive into all this privacy stuff. So my favorite topic of the past month or so has been Google's flock. Now here's the deal: third-party cookies, right? We've been talking about these tracking cookies for as long as the I won't say the internet has been alive, but I think as as long as soon as advertisers were able to figure out that they could put a cookie which Netscape invented. Let's just all blame Netscape. Um, They invented these cookies to remember, had you read this article? Had you done this? You know, all of these cool features that exist on the internet today that remember things. It was a fantastic idea, but you can't let a fantastic idea go very long without being abused. And pretty soon after these cookies were were invented, we started figuring out ways to use them to track people with. And then you have companies like Google doing insane amounts of research on how to cross-site track people. So you've got, for, for people that aren't signed into anything Google, these third-party cookies um, have identification numbers in them that, that can, uh, when you're on a different website that has Google stuff on it, can add more to that cookie to remember that, oh yeah, you went to this website, you went to this website, you click on this thing, you did this stuff, all that stuff. For people that have a Google account, well, y'all are already, um, yeah, if you're logged in, Google doesn't even need the cookie for it. It's just like, yep, this guy went here and here and here and here and here. And we give Facebook a lot of flack for it, though they deserve it. Um, You know, Google does way more than Facebook does because especially on the idea that we have AMP pages now, which if I can avoid it, I will, but these pages that Google caches on their servers to, to make the page show up faster on your web browser or whatever, I mean, I get it, but I'll wait the extra half a second it takes to download the original page from the original people. Google has finally come out and said, you know what, guys, you're right. We're going to get rid of third-party tracking cookies because we care Let's get rid about of these you. cookies. Would you guys like some cupcakes? <laughs> That's exactly what's happening. So um, Google and I, you know, I know just from the outset, it's for the goodwill because right now third-party tracking and tracking and privacy are like really hot buzzwords right now because of all of the nefarious things that we now know, we knew for a while, but now the public at large knows that's going on. And so Google is coming out and very publicly saying, we're getting rid of third-party cookies in the Google Chrome browser to keep you safe online. Yeah, okay. And now they're moving to another way to do this that does shave off some of the scope, right? The third-party tracking cookies are fantastic because it would work in Firefox. It would work in all of the browsers that didn't want third-party, uh, you know, that, that are more privacy-centric. It still worked, but browsers like Firefox and Brave are, are getting wise to this or have been wise to this, and now they're actually implementing things that will block these third-party tracking cookies. So Google saw the writing on the wall. They used that as a, as a soapbox to say, oh, we're going to protect your privacy. But really, in the background, they're just, they found another clever way to track you instead. But my, my, my thing about this, though, is that it's in Chromium. So it's in your browser now. It's no longer independent of your browser. So I guess one of the cool things is, you know, Firefox is not affected. Yay. Well, and one of the metrics, what the thing that makes this so egregious too, is that one of the metrics or the main metric that they're using to 
to report you now rather than cookies are your actual browsing history, the actual sites that you go to and the actual things that you search for. Honestly, I could talk about this for days on ends, but I won't. I'll make two really quick points and then I'll, I'll seed the floor here. One being that, you know, this is... What about, what about websites? I mean, it's, it's bad enough if you go to a website that you really have no... You have, you, you have nothing... Uh, you have no skin in the game. You know, if it's just a, a regular site that you're browsing and they get this information about your browsing history previous to that... You know, it kind of sucks because they're getting to know more about you, but they don't necessarily know who you are. But what about on the sites where you actually have an account? So say Facebook.com, for example, they know who you are because you've logged into it. But now they're getting all of this extra data through Flock about your browsing history that they normally wouldn't get because you're blocking their third party tracking cookies around the web and whatnot. So now sites where, where they actually know who you are are getting a better understanding of who you are based on this information dump that you're getting through flock. The second point is that Google claims that they're going to that they're going to hide sensitive information from these sites. So, you know, certain things that Google deems sensitive, they're going to block from these sites, but who's to say that Google's a good arbiter of what makes something sensitive or not? Because for two different individuals, a topic could be sensitive or not. So, a married couple who are expecting a a, a baby on the way, that's a much different level of uh you know, maybe happiness versus, say, a teenager who's nervous about getting pregnant and is, and is doing the same type of, of search searches for this thing. So for one, you know, for the couple, it's probably not very sensitive. For the teenager, it's very sensitive. So it's... You know, that reminds me of a story back in the day about Target, I think. I think it was Target. And it was um, uh, a, a father and a daughter, and the daughter had gone on to Target because she had a pregnancy scare, and so she was, I mean, getting prepared. She was looking for baby stuff. And then the dad, I think through email, started getting all of these coupons about diapers and things like that. And it, it creates, um, you know, that, that's a, that is a conversation that is between him and her, right. not Target. So may, <laughs> privacy respecting applications are important, very, very important. So, yeah, and, and Google inserting themselves into a conversation like that, I think, is just, it's not good. Right, and I, th- and I think trusting Google to make the determination for us about what's considered sensitive and what's not is just a recipe for disaster because Google's shown time and time again that they consider almost nothing about the user to be private. And, and people, people like to, to uh, have this conversation about, oh, yeah, well, Google used to have this thing called don't be evil in their mantra or whatever. They get rid I of mean, it. I mean, not even that. It doesn't even matter. Because these people apparently defined, and not the engineers, because these guys are, are working on amazing tech. But the way that Google as a corporation uses this, this, this tech is evil. It's always, it always has been. And for those to say that now that the don't be evil thing, now the game is on, the jig is up. No, it's always been that way. And I think it's just, it, it was silly to read too much into that. I think you know, Google came onto the scene and they were giving us a lot of the stuff that we wanted that, uh, you know, making the internet easier or whatever. And we gave them the benefit of the doubt. And I think that in hindsight now is, uh, was, and always was a mistake, but, uh, eh, you know, (laughs) here we are, here we are. So does this affect you? Probably not. There is a, uh, at least not right now, they are piloting this program and the EFF has a website called M I flocked F L O C E D. You go to, uh, let me see, is it, oh, wow, I, I just checked on, uh, uh, let me see, M-I 
Locked. What is the website? I think it's just .com or something, isn't it? Am I flocked? Wow, why can I not find this? There it is. Amiflocked.org. There it is, yeah. So um, you go there, you click on the check for flock ID, and likely it will say you don't have one yet because Google is slowly rolling this out to their customers. I think it's something, um, it's, it's on trial right now. 0.5% of users in Australia, Brazil, Canada, India, in Indonesia, Japan, Mexico, New Zealand, and the Philippines, and the United States. So if you are in those areas and you are really unlucky, you have been chosen uh, to trial this software if you're using Chrome or Chromium. And I say Chromium because we have statements from Microsoft, from Brave, and from Vivaldi all saying we are disabling this. Now, why would they have to disable it if it were just in Chrome? It's not. It must be in Chromium for them to have to take steps to disable it. I think uh, Brave. Um, and, and I'm glad uh, Brave was one of the very first ones to come out and say, yep, uh, this is a step in the wrong direction. Uh, Brave has removed Flock in the nightly version of both Brave for desktop and Android. Uh, they say the privacy affecting aspects of Flock have never been enabled in Brave releases. The additional implementation details of Flock will be removed from all Brave releases with this week's stable release. So if you are current in Brave, not only had it never been enabled, you're, you've now got Brave's word that it will never be enabled either. So that I think is I wonder if this has anything to do with um, disabling the uh, sync feature in Chromium. Because, I mean, I guess if Chromium's going to have Flock too, I guess it wouldn't matter. But I was, what I was thinking is if they disabled that and people went to Chrome, then they would be using this right now. Like they'd be testing it versus maybe in Chromium it's not even in there yet. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'm not 100% positive. I'm, I'm waiting for uh, some Chromium yeah. information about Flock, whether or not it's going to be in there. And, you know, I ask this question all the time. Why do you use Chromium? And a lot of times I get the response of, well, it's not exactly Chrome. And, well, <laughs> it's getting harder and harder for me, for me to go like, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I could see that. And, yeah. It might as well be Chrome at this point. If Flock is enabled in Chromium, it might as well just be. Except you can't sync with it. Except you can't sync with it. Yeah, then exactly. Then it'll run on 32-bit hardware. And all the other browsers have some kind of sync function. So, I mean, even if you did leave the direct Chrome uh, spinoffs, I guess Chromium and Chrome, you still get sync. It still works. And a lot of these will just uh, pull it over. Uh, just install Canary. Chrome and Chromium or anything. Install what? Canary. Canary? What's Canary? It's the beta testing version of Chrome. Oh, got it. Right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So that way you can you can definitely be in the in the flock of flocking exactly stuff exactly or something like that. That way you <laughs> don't only thing. have to worry about metrics. You also yeah. have to worry about beta crashes. Oh yeah, of course. So we were talking about it a little while ago um, in the credit card social security number. I say a little while ago. Last week we were talking about it. Last week. <laughs> uh, but now we get to talk about um, face, the Facebook database breach again. The 553 million users uh, that were swept up in this release. So what, what, what is the deal here? Because Facebook, one of the things that Facebook has come out and said is that, oh, it's no big deal. We fixed it. 
because that the database that's floating around right now is from 2019, and we we fixed it. We fixed the the so flaw. So much of your data changed in the last two years. You know, all your personal data is completely different over two years, so it doesn't matter at all. Yep. And th- th- this is my point, right? Like. Facebook says that they fixed this back in 2019, so it's not a big deal. You don't have to worry about any additional breaches, but you don't need additional breaches. Not when you've already leaked 553 million users' information. Right. I mean, this must be the largest leak in history at this point, right? No. Uh, well, see, I don't know. Well, Josh Josh, and my history book that we're going to write with the six pages of bullet points, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll measure them up once we get that in print. But, you know, it doesn't matter because think about when you set up a new account somewhere and you you use a, a username or an email address and you use a password and it's like let's let's take a moment to protect your password why don't you tell me a few uh, you know i'll ask you a few questions you give me a few answers and that way if you ever forget your password we can go through these steps and you can reset your password right well so what are those what are the, what are a lot of those questions what was your dog's name what street did you grow up on what elementary school did you go to? What's mother's your mother's maiden, maiden name? name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what do you think is in a Facebook breach like this? And when's the last time your mom changed her maiden name? And first of all, for that information, uh, I've never really liked that being used because it's public record. You can find somewhere what someone's mother's maiden name was. You can look that yep. up. These these are meant to be additional passwords that you write down and put in a password in like a fireproof safe or you know under lock and key somewhere. And and to be quite honest with you, you're never. I recommend that you never answer these questions truthfully, ever. Yeah. You write down the answers and you put them in a secure location. So when you do run into the situation where you don't know your password and need to reset it using these uh, these uh, these question and answers, you go pull out that piece of paper like a caveman, and then you type in the answers. Right? Like exactly. the street that I grew up on was Broadway. And that's not the street you grew up on. It's just the information that you gave so that you can go back and, and forth. Well, uh, maybe I just spent way too much time watching Hack 5, you know, before they left the studio for the last time and started doing it from their house. Uh, but yeah, they do it. They, they, what they used to recommend was uh, taking like a phrase, an actual sentence, and then mm-hmm. like turning part of it into lead speak, using capitalizations here and there, following some pattern with that, so that you you are literally the only person that has it. So that way when they ask you what's your mother's maiden name, instead of, you know, the four to eight letters that it might have been, you're, you're typing out something that, that's 30 characters, 40 characters. and Right, Un, unguessable, unguessable, and unscrapable as well. So, you know, when the people that really want into your account, you know, download the, because it's freely available on the internet, when you download this Facebook database, they can't use information in there against you. I mean, yeah, most of that other stuff really is public record. I mean, uh, Mike, you were talking about how to, uh, how to delete yourself off the internet last yeah. episode. And, right. you know, that stuff's out there. Look, look, look up your credit history. And look at all the places they said you used to live. Right. right. Most of that's going to be there. And honestly, with this, with this Facebook leak, I mean, one of the worst things about it is that it, it includes a lot of records for people who never had an account with Facebook just by their yeah. data getting scraped up from doing something insane like, you know, browsing the web. 
Um, yeah. You know, it's crazy that, that Facebook is storing this amount of data on people who don't have an account with them to begin with. That's, that, that should almost be illegal. Yeah, and just because you delete your account doesn't mean that all of your data is deleted because it gets right. referenced and linked in how many other places in Facebook. Yeah, oh, well, we know from uh, places like Parler that uh, when you click on delete, yeah, it doesn't go away because when, uh, when the hackers downloaded everything from Parler, yeah, we saw all the deleted stuff. The, all of the, the the deleted stuff was there. All of the all of the direct messages were there that were supposedly encrypted. But I guess encryption doesn't do very good when you have the source, right? Even the drafts that were <laughs> that were typed up and never sent were, right. were scraped up in that. And and you know, I've been uh, I've been screaming forever that uh, anything that you type into a browser, the JavaScript is evil enough to just mm-hmm. to remember that it remembers. You know, because it, you have to think about it as you're typing something into Discord or something like that. It tells the other person that you're right. typing. Yeah. They don't just know that you're typing. They know what you are typing. And, you know, that se- that might seem intuitive, but they also store it. So, yeah, you go in and write an edit or something like that, or you just decide, nah, backspace, backspace, backspace. I'm never going to send that. Well, there's record of it. So the day that Discord gets breached, that there is a, a digest from them, then, yeah, that yeah. stuff will be in there too. And this is why I think I'm, I'm so unhappy about Google's flock, they have the same information. They have the same stuff. And we just like to pretend that Google has way better security practices than Facebook. They you don't might, like cupcakes? But <laughs> I like cupcakes, but only when I make them myself. Open so, source cupcakes. Like, uh, <laughs> right. There you, see, there you go. I need an open source well, recipe you, you and open added source your ingredients. Own ingredients to their cupcakes. Ah. Uh, so I think that's that's the biggest reason why I, I dislike things like Flock um, is that these things are going to eventually get leaked. And the amount of data that you have out there on the Internet about you is already too much. And then we're going to add on every single link or thing that you clicked on in your entire existence on top of something that? you might have some vague Man. interest in at some point in your life. We want to make sure we're the ones selling it to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, once that happens, the day that that happens, not if it happens, when it happens, the day that that happens, private eyes are going to just, th- th- there will be no longer any need to hire a private eye. Right. Everybody is going to be look upable just like your phone book. And everything that you've ever done on the internet is going to be there. Everything, even that stuff that you do in a private window, because time and time again, we have learned that Chrome, when you go and click incognito, eh, nah, let, no, we'll record that too. They do that. And so everything that you thought was private is not private either. So that's getting added to Flock as well. And you the, know it will. And this is why I'm so opposed to, to backdoors and uh, government backdoors and encryption, because no system is 100% secure. So if you're right, storing right. the data, then the data is eventually going to be leaked or right. stolen. If you could guarantee... Right. Your other choice, other than, you know, doing what you normally do on the internet is to try and be con- conscious of what you are entering in or simply never go on the internet. Yeah. I mean, honestly, listen to the Kevin Mitnick episode that we did a few, uh, a few episodes ago because that has a lot of this... I mean... This is no longer tinfall hat just, stuff. You know, tinfall hat really, it, um, it, it makes it sound like we're being unreasonable yeah, that, here. that is best it case it scenario. S- it's detaching what you're doing on the internet from who you are in real life. And that's about the best you can hope right. for. 
all that information is still, you know, attached to what you were doing in that session, but it's not coming back to you. Right. right. Exactly. The tinfoil hat is now just a so, fedora. I mean, it, uh, it, it's like a normal hat. I feel like I should run around with it, you know, saying things like 5G, getting them a brain or whatever. But it's, I don't, I don't know because I, I think your normal folk, they're finally waking up to this idea of privacy. I think um, in various countries, the laws are starting to catch up. I mean, you've got GDPR. I think that's a good start. I think it can be refined. But I, I think a lot of company, or countries are, well, what's the difference nowadays, right? Mm. Um, are starting to wake up to the idea that uh, what we do on the internet should not be aggregated and stuck in a database and kept on an account for the rest of eternity. Um, there should be, you know, data retention policies about that kind of stuff. There should be like, for as, as annoying as it is, uh, every time you go to a website, it's like, Hey, you want all these cookies? I'm like, well, no, I don't, can't. but they don't let me not take all the cookies. They just, uh, I just say, no, I don't want you to track me. No, I don't want you to give me an advertising ID. No, I don't know. I don't, but I got to have the look, regular you cookies. You can't really delete things from the internet. I mean, look at all the time right. someone has deleted their, their Twitter posts their tweets and then it turns yeah. out that somebody else screenshotted it because they said something oh, completely right. inane or stupid it, and then then exactly do you think you deleted it but then it comes back and bites you even 10 years later yep yep yeah exactly. and now people are even exactly. more so, attuned to that so immediately as soon as they see it they take the screenshot oh yeah i mean it is it is just a matter right. of course now when uh oh my god that's inflammatory yep. click screenshot mm -hmm. you can't exactly this. and then you know when that post inevitably gets deleted like hey and then they at you it's with like it and snapchat. everything it's like snapchat was the stupidest out. thing in the world because it's like once once you could screenshot it's like why why do you think it was anonymous <laughs> oh we're gonna try and prevent you from screenshotting this this picture should only last five seconds and then magically go away <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, I think, uh, well, they notified the other person if you ever screenshot oh, something. But if uh, you had a rooted with, phone, there were ways right. around it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. There's, there is, there, the, whatever you consider privacy, there is none of that on the internet. And, you know, sometimes I envy rotary phones. <laughs> and that time, that era. Were you even where alive for do... rotary phones, man? I was, but yeah, I was a to... little kid. I remember well, rotary I mean, exactly. phones, but... I think maybe my grandmother just never upgraded, right? Like, I mean, I, I had access to one. I used one, one before. Too. I wouldn't be that one kid. Yeah, I wouldn't be that kid on YouTube that people make fun of for not knowing <laughs> how a rotary phone works. And the only thing going through my mind on something like that is they've never seen one before. You would act the same way. Are we the like, same Like, just age? because you're old and know what a rotary phone is doesn't make uh, you how smart. Are you, Leo? Like, what? Uh, in mid thirties. Mid thirties. Oh, what, what's your mother's maiden yeah. name? <laughs> uh oh, what now? <laughs> Hold on, let me just look it up quick. Hey, a good thing maybe, I put maybe fake we're info related, man. I'm, that's why I'm asking. What's your mother's maiden name? Oh, right, right, right. Uh, it was Smith. Smith. Hang on, I'll look that up for you. I'm the prince of Nigeria. I have a, I have a sum of money that you can claim. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I do envy. My mother's maiden name was before. the universe was created, and this was seen by a majority as the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't know what, um, it's, it's just a new era. We have to deal with things differently than we ever had in the past, and it's a lot. 
It is a lot. And I think that's why companies like Google and Facebook have gotten away with it for so long because it's, it's so much like we have to sit here and read articles and, and deep dive into these things to even scratch the surface of the information that they are, that they are um, aggregating on each and every one of us. What does that say about someone that is one of the I don't care types? Mm. Well, I bought an Android. I use Gmail. I don't care. Whatever. I mean, the amount of information that they have no idea is being logged. And then, and then inevitably you have the people that are like, well, I like those advertisements. I like it when they send me exactly what I want. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't get into that mindset. Well, and to your point too, I mean, the people who are just kind of the I don't care type personalities... I can see how you can become that way because it gets difficult. I mean, we all thought we were doing such a great job blocking all these third-party trackers and whatnot. So then Google just says, well, we'll throw our money into something completely different that you guys don't know how to block yet. So it's always Mm -hmm. always like a losing race. You know, you're always trying to race uh, race to catch up with companies who have almost limitless resources and... And we're just, you know, stuck holding the bag for a little while until we can figure out a workaround around Security it. and privacy yeah, is just the well, moving target. It's always going to be that way. Yeah, yeah I, I think one of the, yeah. the, the coolest things about this, though, is that it, it really does seem to be confined to Chromium yeah. and Chrome. That is one good so thing, I will if say. if you're using one of the alternative browsers, right. So not, not like third-party cookies are ever going to die, like actually die. It's just that the browsers will block them. And then the browsers that never enable Flock or, you know, can't enable Flock like Firefox, um, will be will at least be safe from that. So I mean, there is some solace, there is some icing on this cake. Um, I feel like it is easier to block now, as long as you choose a privacy respecting browser. But um, I mean, it's, it's still an issue. Chrome is still the insanely dominant force when it comes to browser. They're over eighty percent, and we're talking how many people on the internet right now? Like two and a half, three billion people. Eighty percent of three billion people are using Chrome you don't need people like me using Brave. You don't need my information. You can make plenty of that with the 2 billion people that are using your, more than 2 billion people that are using your browser. Just That's why they insane. don't care about these people that talk so bad keep, about them on YouTube. Because they're like, who cares? All right, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, I don't need you, you and using all the Chrome. Million people that watched your video, yeah, we'll just work with the other 2 million people out there. Well, not only that, the video's on YouTube, so it's not like right, you've gone exactly. very far. Right. <laughs> you, you say you don't like Google, yeah. but here you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And you know, to call ourselves out, we're streaming to YouTube right now. So yeah, I mean, we're we 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 are the kettle. Okay. Got to go where the people are, though, man. <laughs> uh, right now, that's where it is. Yeah. I mean, and and well, I think that's that's a lot of the reason why you have these people that say that they don't care. Because all the stuff that they want are on these platforms anyway. So if I care, that means I might have to question whether or not I'm going on YouTube. You know, like whether or not I want to continue going. So... Right. Right. So to and it's easy for us too because we, this is something that we care about. We're we're technology focused. Um, you know, somebody like my mom, for example, she could not care any less about any of this stuff because <laughs> she's never heard of Firefox before. You know, she doesn't know about yeah. DuckDuckGo. She knows about Google and she knows about Chrome because that's what's in the the public zeitgeist. So that's what she's heard of. So that's what she uses. Right. And you know, I think you know when when we started streaming to YouTube, um, I think my idea about that was there are already people on YouTube that have already made the choice to, to use YouTube and this streaming to YouTube would only capture those folks. It wouldn't bring new folks to the platform and it wouldn't bring new folks to, well, it might bring new folks to the podcast, but doubtful. Um, 
And then for the people that didn't want to be insanely tracked all the time, you give it, a, you give us a couple of days or you give Owen a couple of days to, to make that edit and it'll be in your podcast. You're ready to, ready to listen to if you wanted to avoid all that. So you, you eh. can load up eh. Firefox and not log into Google and then still go to YouTube over VPN and you'll be fine. Also true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there, there are certainly ways to protect yourself like that. So, I don't know. Listen to this podcast for tips on how to do that. <laughs> now, granted, that's a lot more of a hassle, and most people aren't going to do it, but yeah, of course. that's their problem. Yeah, the hassle part, I think, is yeah. what's keeping a lot of people from uh, securing themselves down a little more. Because it's, yeah, it's just like between oh, safety and security. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And security. Right. It's just like when Facebook first came out, nobody had privacy settings set. They were there, but nobody had them set. They just had everything out in the open. No, everyone could do everything with their account or whatever. Uh, same with MySpace. You know that was that was the worst because I mean I don't even think there was any privacy settings at all for a long time on MySpace. Heck, I, I can still find my stuff yeah. from MySpace. Um, like if I my wife actually found some pictures from my MySpace that are on some Google, you know. Like image search, and I'm like, wow, holy crap! I totally forgot about all that. <laughs> yeah, time to do a little sanitization. Well, my account doesn't work. I know that. So, because <laughs> I had an AOL email for that one, and the AOL email got ousted by AOL, and now I can't log into that, and then they won't let me reset. So, <laughs> that's done. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, we like to, um, I was talking a little while ago about how much we trusted Google and how much we still trust Google. Um, a company, uh, maybe not as big as Google, but certainly someone that you know, Microsoft, right? Um, so we were just talking about the Facebook 533 million accounts that got, um, uh, that were being spread around the internet for free. Now it's LinkedIn's turn and a number that would also make your head spin. Probably a lot of overlap, right? But this is a little bit more recent. So a uh, Italian uh, watchdog has found that 500 million users were scraped off the platform and posted online. So uh, last Thursday, so what by they're the time saying you get is, this, is probably your about data, if it's online, it's not safe. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, and yes. Basically, you have to remember between this. Between these two hacks, because there are a small subset of people that are on LinkedIn that um, were never on Facebook or got off of Facebook and went to LinkedIn as their social networking thing because of other things with Facebook. So basically, all of America got hacked right here. Between these two mm -hmm. and that uh, one a couple of years ago where the credit agency got hacked. Yeah. So your your stuff's definitely out there at this point. Yeah, and but um, the worst part. Anyway, just to oh, go oh I'm sorry, I was just going to say, and the the worst part about this is that LinkedIn also said that they were unsure if they had planned on notifying the users who were involved in this. Facebook already came right out and said they're not telling anybody, but uh, I guess I expected a little bit more from LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, honestly, a company will do what is in its best fiduciary interest and if they do the calculus and find out that it's going to be cheaper to just not tell anybody well that's the that's what they're going to do with linkedin the only things that you should have on there are things that are business related anyway so right. yeah your resume should be on there but your resume should be all public information right but that's just my opinion yeah you know why this yeah. happened it's because i got back into linkedin see this is why i don't invest in bitcoin <laughs> see, see, every time you do anything, I updated, Josh, my, just get I updated off the my LinkedIn, forever. and then this happened. 
Hey, see, now that prices yeah. are down, it's like the perfect time to get back into Bitcoin. So That's it, right? So, yeah, just another one. What? What? There is no privacy. There isn't any if you use any of these services. And even if you do... Google and Facebook are have their little probes all over every single website, you know, vacuuming up additional information from you. So it seems like we can't use the Internet anymore without um, any semblance of privacy, without taking a huge number of steps to do so. Just use Tor. If you, if you don't plan on logging into a website, just use Tor. And I know yeah. it's, 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 it's rough at first. If you're not used to it, it goes slow. Sometimes you have to fiddle with the page a little bit. But if you just start off using Tor a little bit each day, you'll find over time you get much more comfortable with it. And then before you know it, you'll be using Tor for the majority of your browsing that doesn't require you to log into something. Or just a VPN. You get to remember just about how fast it was to load up a web page back when like cable internet and high-speed internet just barely hit the mainstream. Yeah. And those pages kind of, eh, sometimes they crawl a little bit. Yeah, history lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Bring a book with you. <laughs> so I think one of the, uh, we'll leave you on a high note, right? I mean, th this was a lot of uh, naysaying and downer type stuff, but there is one good thing that is going on. And the EFF partners with DuckDuckGo to enhance secure browsing and protect user information on the web. So before we get into this, do you use DuckDuckGo? Yes. I have yes. used DuckDuckGo. Uh, it's not like I consistently... Joe, you had to do it's it. It's not like I consistently use it, but I will use DuckDuckGo when I want, you know, less biased responses to my, my searches. When the first couple of pages are just basically giving me ads on Google, I'll go to, over to DuckDuckGo and see what comes up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all the pages, man. Uh, without an ad blocker, you get a lot of that stuff. But, um, you know, I, I hear a lot of, uh, well, I don't use DuckDuckGo because, and a lot of that is, well, it's Bing. I'm, okay. Yeah. That's uh, it's well, fair. There it's are fair. times to use Bing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about, John. Do you? But, <laughs> no, I do. I do. do. So, oh, yeah. So the, um, I don't know. I, I feel like when using DuckDuckGo, it's like back before Google had all of the information on everybody to be able to tell you exactly what link you want to do because they read your mind, you know? Like, well, they didn't read your mind. They just put together a profile of you so they know exactly what you're going to do all the time because that's what you do all the time and they know you. So, you know, back in the day when Google first got started, not that they weren't scraping information, they just didn't have enough to tell you that's what you want. So you had to go and use the question mark. You had to use quotes. You had to use the asterisk. You had to, all of this stuff to refine your search for yourself. That's kind of where DuckDuckGo is. And I think because I started on Google way back, you know, before Google existed, we were using things like Dogpile and Metacrawler. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. Oh, oh my gosh, I remember that. Remember the, the ads for that, that butler guy? He would come in. <laughs> That's a yeah. piece of history right there. Yeah. Right. So back before searching was good, you had to make do. And I think DuckDuckGo is light years ahead of where we used to be. And then on top of that, you can still use the old tricks that you can. I mean, you can still use them in Google, too. But, you know, Google knows what you want. So, you know, you can use these these quotes or you can uh, just refine the search by typing in the right stuff to get exactly what you want within the first page. So I think 
Um, you know, and this uh, certainly this is not for everybody that says, well, Google gives me the right results. But I think we've gotten lazy. I think we've allowed Google to tell us what we want so much that we know what want what they it, want us to want. Exactly. And this is another thing that I'm talking about with, um, you know, that predictive text that you have now on uh, when you're when you're doing Gmail, uh, a Google email, you type something out. You're like, hey. And then Google's like, are you about to say how you doing? I've already got it printed <laughs> out for you. I got to do is hit tab. Right. And they know that. And it makes me wonder, is Google, because I know they use machine learning to figure out what they think you're going to say, but before they have enough of a profile on that, they're going to tell you what they think they want you to say. So it's going to say, hey, how are you? And then as it learns more about you, it's going to be, hey, how you doing? They're going to start recommending you that. But before then, right? Yeah. And is Google going to change the way that we at least write, but Will that go so far as to change the way that we speak? Depends mm. on how far it goes. Ah, how long people let it let it uh well I uh, be swept under the rug that they do all this stuff. I mean, to your point, Leo. Honestly, because we use at my job, we use the the Google Suite for email and and all of that. Yep. So I'm I'm Same pretty here. familiar with the uh, with that autocomplete that Gmail does now. And not only has it changed the way I speak, it, it sometimes changes the way I think. Where you know, I'll start the email off and I'll be intending to say one thing, but it'll, it'll autofill for me what they think I want to say. And I'll look at it sometimes and I'll say, yeah, you know what? That's good enough to save me from having to type six additional words. Let me just hit the tab and go with what they have here. It's close enough. Exactly. And, and it's a subliminal thing, man. You don't realize that they are changing your thought patterns. You, you'd never realize that. It actually never really occurs to you unless you think about what's going on in the background. There were some studies um, done in the late 90s, early 2000s between older generations and younger generations and search engines specifically. I, I wish I still had them. I mean, it's been forever since I read them. Um, but uh, how some of the older generations had a lot of trouble using uh, search engines online mm. because um, they're not used to uh, keyword terminology, just right. being able to search using keywords. So they'd type out whole sentences and it would give them all the garbage from all the smaller words that were unimportant instead of just using the keywords. And then the younger yep. generations had absolutely no problem. So yes, it does change the way you think. It. You know what? Actually, wow. It never occurred to me to think about that, but that's absolutely right because a lot of the students that I have, the older students, I have to explain to them how to use search engines in general because up until that point, they were just, you know, throwing in whatever they think would, would you know, get themselves a good result. A lot of times that would be a normal English sentence and I had to I, I pull them aside and I'm like, hey, listen, when you're, when you're doing a search for, for this, you know, we're talking about the keywords or whatever, but the way that I explain it to them is type it in the way that you think a robot would, would see it. Like, don't even use the filler words like of and 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 things like that. Pick out what you want. Only put those words. It doesn't make sense when you read it. I know this. But put it in and see what you get. And a lot of times, the searches become higher quality when they do stuff like that. So just anecdotal for you. I see a lot of older folks and younger folks, and younger folks tend to use Google a little bit better. Uh, and older folks need a little bit more prodding in the, uh, you know, talk to it like a robot kind of, uh, kind of area. And, you know, once they figure that out, um, it's not that they 
that that they won't learn or that they can't learn. It's just that no one's ever talked to them about how right. Google works. It's so never, once once they add that, it's never been in their repertoire. It hasn't gone through their head that yeah. way. Yeah, and and so I so I've I've always said it's not your age. It's whether or not you want to learn something new. If if you refuse to do that, then you know it doesn't matter how old you are. You're just gonna refuse to do it and you won't learn anything. But yeah, because because there's a lot of older folks that come through that are just looking for a career change. And uh, yeah, I mean. They catch on just as quickly as everybody else. As a matter of fact, sometimes the older guys get it a little faster, uh, depending on what their background is. But anyway, so uh, EFF partners with DDG, uh, DuckDuckGo, and they're going to use their enhanced secure browsing. So this is actually um, going to be a bit of a, a departure. So EFF had created the HTTPS everywhere. Josh, I know that you use that plugin for uh, yeah, a good while. Yeah, right? I always use that plugin uh, before Firefox had their whole, uh, you know, thing that automatically does it. Yeah, same with so, me. So, so the plugin isn't going away. It's just going to use DuckDuckGo's technology underneath uh. now. So um, that so because DuckDuckGo is going to be maintaining those lists, um, I mean, they're going to put a lot of money toward maintaining those lists and, and keeping up privacy and all that kind of good stuff. Um, EFF has just decided to drop their own internal lists and use DuckDuckGo's lists instead. So I think this is a fantastic change. It does go to show that the EFF, we're talking about the EFF, the people that if you sneeze in a privacy uh, adverse way, there will be an entire blog post about what you did wrong, right? These people are now endorsing something that DuckDuckGo is doing. So if you had any reservation whatsoever about using DuckDuckGo because you couldn't trust them, yeah, the EFF now trusts DuckDuckGo enough to couple, to put their name on a piece of software that uses DuckDuckGo underneath. So if you had reservations before, even the EFF is saying, no, we're good. We're good. DuckDuckGo's fine. And what's super cool about this, too, is that DuckDuckGo, uh, DuckDuckGo isn't just using static lists that they're providing to the EFF. They've actually built a web crawler that's going to go around and test and retest every website that it comes across to see if it has an HTTPS version that it can then update its filter list with. So this is going to be very dynamic and fluid as, as time goes on. Yep, absolutely. And uh, so it's going to upgrade everything from HTTPS. Uh, they write... With smarter encryption uh, means fewer prying eyes on your browser history, like your internet provider or Wi-Fi snoopers. And so, I mean, the idea is to give you more privacy in every way that we possibly can. So, yeah, that I think is a step in the right direction. So your, your tips for the week or two weeks are going to be use not Chrome or Chromium. <laughs> use anything else, any of the big names. And um, use HTTPS everywhere, DuckDuckGo, Enhanced Secure Browsing. I think those are good recommendations. And, and of course, oh, what was the other thing we said? Uh, lie on the security questions when you're typing those in. But write the answers down because you'll never remember them. But lie on those because otherwise that Facebook breach or the LinkedIn breach or the other Facebook breach or the, the Microsoft breach or the, uh, the other other Facebook breach or the uh, the credit card breach or the, <laughs> you know, you get what I'm trying to say. One of those breaches is going to have the information to be able to answer those questions. And, and lie differently for each one. Yes. Each account. I know it's cumbersome. Oh, my and, God. And use Bitcoin yeah, or something. You're going to have to have some kind of tracker for yeah. it. You really are. Yeah. Even if that's a notebook, just but, you know, anything. Just do something. Yeah. And if it's and online, it the then, you know, you're yeah right back where you started. Right. Yeah. And uh, the the... We, we say it all the time that security is not 
easy. I don't, I don't think it was meant to be easy, but we expect it to be easy. But well, it's always I don't know. Take the a extra post. So it started well, it is, out but... easy. Security was easy because nobody was online. So, and then it got a little bit harder and a little bit harder. And every time you add in more security, the hackers get better. They find ways around it. It's always going to be more and more difficult going forward. Yeah, it, it will. It absolutely will. So, um, I don't know. Stick your head into some of these podcasts that talk about security stuff to to get your daily dose of what you should be doing this time around. It's worth it. I think it's worth and it. And if to you do think that. we sound paranoid, listen to some of the actual security guys talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're we're pretty. Uh, I wouldn't say we're conservative about the security stuff, but I mean, yeah, com- compared uh, to them, we're babes in the woods, though. <laughs> yeah, trustful right. and exactly. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Any last uh, any last tinfoil hat comments? Okay. We're tinfoiled out, I think. So, in that case, we'll move down to a little bit of feedback in vibrations from the ether. We had um, one that I think we needed to really, really talk about from Jack. And he comes in with a couple of different recommendations. Uh, this came in a couple of days ago, so uh, I didn't have a whole lot of time to uh, to dive into it, but I made a commitment. I told him I would do it. And so he writes in, a couple of command line utilities for your amusement. I've been using both for some months. GCP is a file copier with built-in progress meter and a queue. It's in the standard repos. GCP is a file copier loosely inspired by CP, but with high-level functionalities like transfer progress uh, indication, continuous copying when there is an issue. So, like, if there's an error, it skips that and moves on. Uh, Copy status logging, where files were effectively copied. Name mangling to handle target file system limitation. These are a bunch of big words. (laughs) Uh, Forced copy serialization. New files to copy are added to a global queue to avoid hard drive head seeks. Uh, transfer list management, approximate option compatibility with CP. So it basically works the same. The behavior is about the same. Uh, and then he says, I really like the progress meter, but the other features are good too. So um, I'm going to break in the middle of his email and just kind of talk about uh, GCP. So one of the things that I have run into a lot with CP is when you're moving big files or lots of files, um, it doesn't give you a progress bar in general, but it, uh, if you give it the you know be verbose kind of thing, it'll it'll tell you what it's copying, but it'll just that's it. So GCP is pretty fantastic in that if you're moving big massive files, that progress bar will continuously update all the way through. It's a progress bar like you would expect um, in a in a command line. It looks kind of like DNF if you ever use DNF. It uses the hash marks to go across the screen to let you know uh, where you are in the file transfer. So it is pretty fantastic, to be honest. If all you really want is to to look at what's going on and you do a lot of copying in the command line, I think GCP is going to be pretty fantastic. But it's got all of those other features. So all you needed to do to sell me on it was tell me there's a progress bar, and I was done. I'm ready. I'm using it. Um, but the other features, I mean, the head-seeking is really cool for for drives that still have moving parts in them. Uh, that, that is fantastic. So, uh, just, just good stuff all around. I don't know. Did y'all get a, did y'all get a chance? I know this email came in a little late, um, no, for the uh, show. It as sounds far awesome. As, uh, yeah. The progress bar is definitely a, a bit of a game changer there. 
for command line yeah, copying. Yeah, in, in, in Ubuntu, Linux Mint, Zorin Elementary, all that stuff, it's just sudo apt install GCP. You're done, and it'll work. Uh, in Fedora, I didn't see GCP in the repo. Maybe I'm blind. So I installed it via pip instead, and it totally exploded on me. So <laughs> I couldn't use it in, uh, in, in Fedora. But it is indeed in the repos in Ubuntu and all of the derivatives. So, um, yeah, if you, if you want a progress bar in your copy, go get that. So another cool little utility that he gave is FD. And uh, he says FD is a reasonable replacement for find. It's available from SharkDP's GitHub, which we'll have a link to in the show notes. And he says, for me, it has two great features. It's speed and simple syntax. I can never remember the syntax for find. Jack, seriously, you're not wrong. I can never, ever. Where did the curly braces go again? Oh, right. Yeah, there it is. Uh, what is the thing for executable dash exec? Oh, right. That's right. Or, or to do something at the end of the command with whatever. Um, so that, that is pretty cool. But if you're just looking for files, I think the real advantage of find, and um, you may be able to do this with FD, but I didn't get enough time to try it out. Uh, but, you know, one of the cool things that you can do with regular find is when you find these files, execute a command on these files, like remove them, right? If you're looking for all kinds of scripts on your, uh, on your machine in a specific directory, you just want to delete all the scripts instead of every file, you can do that with find. But if you're just looking for files across the entire file system and locate, is not what you're after, then I think FD is pretty fantastic. So um, I didn't try FD on Mint. I tried FD on Fedora. And that one, it was directly in the repos. Um, and as a matter of fact, they he does, uh, in the SharkDP GitHub, it does say if you want to actually use FD as the command, um, you have to alias it. Otherwise, they, uh, he said that there was a command pre-built into a lot of systems that was already called FD, so they didn't use that. But in Fedora, it was just FD. I didn't have to do any kind of magic. So that was pretty fantastic, uh, to be honest. Wow. I just, uh, looking over the GitHub again, um, you can do things with, um, okay, so an example of FD. If you wanted to find every single file in a specific directory that had the extension JPG, you can do that with FD space dash E space JPG, and it would find all of that stuff. But you can still pass it additional arguments, and I think this is really where it's cool. You can, um, he's got an example here of converting all of the JPEGs to pings. So that is kind of cool. If for some reason you want to ping out of a JPEG, which kind of, you know, defeats the purpose of having a ping in the first place, but whatever, maybe you just like ping. Um, it seems like you can do some really cool conversion stuff with a lot of this. and. Um, yeah, I was saying what you can do with find is run a command on it. You can do that with FD as well now that I'm looking at it. So um, one of the other fantastic things about FD is that it will do colorization. So um, whatever color scheme your terminal is using, it will colorize all of the things that it finds uh, just like as if you were doing an LS. Oh, that's super cool. So, Oh, man. When I, when I did my first FD, I didn't work, uh, but, but forget that one. When I did the first... <laughs> proper FD command, um, yeah, all the color just started spitting out at me, and I, I was impressed. That was enough. So with GCP, it was, oh, progress bar, I'm sold. With FD, it's, oh, it's colorized, I'm sold. Those two things alone are, uh, are enough to get me to stop using the, the, the typical GNU tools and use some of the newer, fancier so stuff. So GCP is not in um, OpenSUSE Tumbleweed, but uh, FD is. 
Uh, okay, that, and that's how it was with Fedora. GCP was not there, and that's why I had to go and try and install it with PIP, and then obviously blew that all up. Um, but um, but all of that stuff was available in Ubuntu, and I think in uh, in in Linux Mint it's FD Find. Uh, FD. Let me see if that's the truth. Yes, it is FD dash Find. If you want to get FD, and um, it seems like he's using uh, when he's writing these instructions, he's using a uh, an Ubuntu base. Uh, so you will likely have to alias FD Find to FD. If you want yeah, and to on uh, OpenSUSE, um, uh, it also pulls in FD bash completion. I don't know what that is, but it's another thing it pulls in when you try to install it. Oh, likely so you can tab your way through uh, one of those commands. Because I mean, once you get sufficiently complex with FD, it's going to be just as difficult as fine to put one of these commands together. But I'm t- I'm telling you, the colorization is enough to really get me to uh, to, to try and um, you know move over to FD. For my personal use. All right. Well, that was the big one. Uh, Feedback-wise, are y'all going to give this a shot? These uh, these two utilities? Definitely the find. I think that's really yeah. cool. Or the FD, because I think I find, I find find to be a little bit of a pain to use just because of the length of the commands that you have to use in the syntax. Yeah. Yeah. And once you get into regex, it's like, no, I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> my mind has exploded. Uh, there are probably a whole four people in this world that are regex <laughs> experts that can just rattle off <laughs> what you need when you want to find a specific thing. Um, it is, it, it's mind-boggling how hard regex is. Yeah, yeah. probably not FD. Yeah. It, it, I, mean, it's I use nifty. Midnight Commander for, on the pretty command nifty. line, so I don't need that one, but the FD, I'll definitely try it out. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, when I found find a little too cumbersome, when all I'm trying to do is just find a file or whatever, uh, I tend to use locate. So I think FD will replace my locate usage uh, at least for now, and then once I find out if it can do, you know, everything else fine can do. I know it can, but once I get used to how it works, uh, I might just, FD might just be my go-to for everything. I use Witch a lot when I'm trying to find things. Oh, yeah, yeah, if you're looking for binaries, yeah. things like that. Yeah, absolutely, Witch is fantastic. Yep. All right, well, that's it for the feedback, so we'll head down to check this out. Joe said we're going to have a short show today. <laughs> Joe said what? It wasn't Joe that nope. said that. You were, oh, who, who said oh, that? that was probably, yeah, that sounds like something stupid that I would have said. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It's okay because I believed it. Uh, <laughs> you missed the feedback. Yeah, Did from I? Michael De Bruin. Oh, no, I totally missed it. And um, it's a specific question what, for what? you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let oh, me... Is it? Uh, I'll clean this up, but let me dump it into the show notes real quick. It's 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 chap, so uh makes me think Tony said it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember that one. Uh I don't know. Who did I reference? I know there's a tech chap out there, but I don't uh, think that's the only what we're thing I can about. think of that's similar that I might have mentioned that I really seriously don't remember mentioning is this old nerd. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember well, that either. So I don't think it was me. See what I can Right. Hmm. I'm not sure if this is if this is correct, but I did a, just a quick search on DuckDuckGo, and it comes up with the first hit is the tech te- uh, the the tech chap, not old yeah, tech chap. I'm that, not sure. a, yeah, it's a younger guy. I don't know if that's who we're looking at, but I did find this old nerd. Well, and, he had some cool stuff. Um, it wasn't a very long running show. Yeah, though. yeah, but and, you know it was back in 2011, so it might be around the time that we're thinking. So I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I don't remember what i was saying though that happens a lot so michael if you could uh, give me a little more information about what 
what what I said? Uh, I said a lot of things. <laughs> I might be able to help you out a little bit more. All right. So, Josh, you had uh, you had something for Android. What's up with this? Yeah, it's just now? a little little quick one. Uh, so, Telegram uh, this week um, announced that they're releasing a new app. It's it's Telegram, but you have to download it from their website, and they claim it has less restrictions and it breaks free from the Play Store's control, basically. So they can try and sell you things directly. Probably. <laughs> oh, you know what they're doing? They're gonna do like Signal. Oh, we should have talked about Signal. Um, they're doing like Signal. They're gonna add crypto. Yeah, right. <laughs> Telegram or something, man. God, I don't I know. Not. It's a nice um, app. I know, you know that. We, I downloaded we need to talk it. About Signal. It. It's, it's a well. I've been using Telegram X for a long time, and that apparently I didn't really know this because I'm stupid and I don't really check for my updates. But it uh, hasn't been updated uh-huh. in like a year, and I'm like, wow, this yeah. this thing sucks compared to this new telegram app that they have i'm like uh, the worst thing was i couldn't custom well you can't you could have customized your color scheme but it wouldn't let you do it easily it was a pain in the neck so i just never did it and now with this one just a couple clicks and you're done you got it the way you want it yeah yeah exactly so i remember telegram x was where they were doing their beta testing and stuff so they would push out the new features to telegram x and once it was sufficiently um tested out they would bring it into the real telegram well i think they uh, they eventually just killed the entire project and absorbed all of Telegram X into Telegram. But I guess because people were still using it, they uh, they well, it was they nice didn't compared to Telegram when I first uh, started it. using it. It was really nice. And right, yeah, because I used it as well. Yeah, so I, I'm, I just I'm never in the same boat. thought yeah. to use the regular Telegram app because I thought that that's how it was. It was like the more advanced features. And then they brought this out, and I'm like, oh, I'll try it out. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck have I been missing? <laughs> Yeah, That's why I went yeah, to Discord, yeah. because I thought Telegram was, like, getting stupid. I was like, well, they're not doing anything with this thing, so what the heck? <laughs> right. All right. Joe, what do you got? Well, um, this is another YouTuber. I think I mentioned him last time, but I didn't drop the link. Uh, called The Coder. And basically, this is another fix-it channel. So if you're not into that type of thing, um, you know... Don't go get it or don't go check it out. But this guy is good. I mean, it's all basically just fix it videos and he's got a real nice workstation set up and he does um, reflows and works on PS4s, PS5s, Xboxes, Switches. Basically, um, he takes in the things from shops that shops can't fix. So like your repair shops, if you take it in there, if they can't fix it there, they will send it out to this guy to figure out what's wrong and to fix it. And uh, I don't watch his longer live stream videos, but he'll come out with uh, like hour long or half hour long videos of fixes. And um, he has this one video that I like where he does a um, uh, a reball of a chip without a stencil. And it's just really cool to see how the whole process is done and what what it takes to make that work right. So I, I do recommend it, and if that's your type of thing, check it out. Give the guy a view. Give him a like. Give him a subscribe. Give us a Smash like. Give us button. a subscribe. Smash that bell button. Oh, there it was. I was waiting for someone to say it. The coder on YouTube. Nice. And the the, the E is a three in coder because that makes it cooler. It enhances <laughs> The coder with an E was probably already taken. Probably. All right, Mike, what do you got with this? 
Uh, ooh. Yeah, so just a, uh, just a quick little thing here. Uh, Star Labs, the uh, manufacturer of Linux-first uh, laptops and computers, have announced their uh, newest edition is coming soon called the Starbook Mark V. Uh, it's going to be an 11th gen Intel core. Uh, you can do either i3 or i7. It's going to be up to 64 gigabytes of RAM with Iris XE graphics, four speakers, and 11 hours battery life. Uh, you can sign up to be notified. They haven't announced a release date yet, or just stay tuned because I'll probably get it. I have a sickness, and I'll talk all about it here. Well, that uh, that's good because uh, you can tell me whether or not it's going to be is this gonna worth fit? it to buy. I mean, the Mark IV is great. It, it's it's uh, they they do good work. They're they're a really cool company, and their their tech support is honestly outstanding. It's it's two or three guys, and uh, they're from the UK. But you know, as long as you can catch them at the hours that they're working, they're they're really great at tech support. So sometime nice. before Very noon. Cool. Yeah, basically. I see there's sorry. a star. No, sorry, sorry, Josh, this is the real question. Is it going to solve your XPS problems? Um, I mean, it'll, it'll at least <laughs> mitigate it because if I get a brand new computer, then I won't have to mess with the XPS as much. <laughs> and, you'll, and you'll have that honeymoon phase for like at least two months. Oh, yeah. It's, everything's great the first two months. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking uh, underneath it. It's got a, uh, there's, there's a Starlight MK3. Yeah, that's the... Because I was, I, was, I was thinking I wanted a really cheap laptop to just do normal stuff on that I didn't have to fight with to put Linux on. Like, I could get a Chromebook, but then you got to go through all of this rigmarole to, to get Linux on it and uh, seemed annoying. And, you know, I could go with an older ThinkPad, which is also fine, but this also has, like, new stuff, too, at a reasonable From price. Yeah, Star the Starlight Star 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 Mark III is cool because it's only 11 inches, so it's a good travel. The people that brought you yeah, exactly. Superboy. And, and my, my idea would be, you know, using, obviously, using, like, uh, a... Secure stuff, privacy stuff. I wanted to do it just on this laptop and keep it as, um, not really air-gapped, but keep it as far away from my daily stuff as I possibly could. Yeah, definitely. What were you saying, Joe? From Star Labs, the people that brought you Superboy. <laughs> <laughs> Starlink what? Star Labs. I was just joking. Oh, it's all aluminum. The the light is all aluminum. Yeah, even the, the oh. Mark IV was all aluminum too. They have a nice chassis. Wow. It's, a, it's got a really cool feel to it. They they do they use aircraft grade aluminum on it, and then they uh, they do some kind of blasting technology with the paint job. It, it comes out really nice. Oh, it's not a terrible price for a brand really new laptop. Really cool, yeah. That's What's not that? a terrible price for a brand new laptop. Yeah, I was getting four seventy one. I mean, and for what I want to do it with, I could just take the base model. I don't need anything fantastic. And as far as I understand, these Star Labs are pretty upgradable, right? They're pretty upgradable, and not only that, but they, uh, at least in terms of the SSD, they give you an over over provisioned one, so you get a bit more room than you would normally get if you just bought a uh, Lenovo or a Dell or something like that. And and that um, it comes uh, with Linux Mint. You can choose for it to come with Linux Mint. Yeah. Ah, that's pretty cool. Yep. You can choose just that about any cool. distro for it. As a matter of fact, I haven't seen any distros or none. Uh, maybe Moss can pick something out here. But looking through their list of what they offer, they have just about every mainstream Linux distro here. Oh, that they've tested. Um, I'm looking at the ones that, that they're tested. willing to pre-install, and that looks to be Ubuntu, Elementary, Linux Mint, Manjaro, MX, or Zorin. Hmm. That's so all the Ubuntu ones then. <laughs> so I wonder if you get the if you get it with elementary pre-installed, does that then skirt around there wanting a donation at the beginning of uh, getting elementary OS? I bet it does. <laughs> okay, so so to avoid the elementary OS donation, you have to spend four hundred and seventy-one dollars <laughs> at least on a base model Star Labs Light MK3 
but you won't have to worry about that next screen. Right. So, and just let know, is it and just let Star Labs know all of the apps that you'd like pre-installed so that way you can get around <laughs> having to pay for those too. <laughs> Oh man! But the coolest thing about those is that you can charge it with the USB C, yeah, and that, nice. that I think is uh, they do uh, they do USB C charging and also the uh, DC jack oh, charging. Both. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I saw I saw the DC jack. I'm not really a fan of the DC jack, no. uh, mostly because I'll only have one. But um, with USB C, I can totally destroy that cable and just swap it out. Yeah. So that is that is pretty cool. By the way, this episode not brought to you by Star Labs. We just like talking about but it. But it could be. So Star Labs, if you're listening, <laughs> hit me up. Hey. All right. Well, that'll do it for Check This Out. Uh, we got one announcement as normal. Our next episode will be at 2 p.m. Central U.S. time. That's got to go back. U.S. Central time. On May 2nd, 2021. So if you like getting this uh, straight to your brain as soon as you can possibly get it, uh, yep, that's when the live stream will happen again. Um, we also have a link. If you don't know what time 2 p.m. U.S. Central is in your local time zone, click on the link in the show notes, and we will tell you. Thanks, Londoner, for that. All right, well, Joe, where can we get more of you outside of this podcast? Well, you can catch me on a couple of the other shows. I'm on the Linux Link Tech Show. You can find that at www.tllts.org or the Linux Lugcast, www.linuxlugcast.com, although some of the information there is currently incorrect because there's some issues with the um, mumble server. You can find me on MeWe, or you can send me an email, jb at mintcast.org. Nice, and Bo's not here this time. Uh, seems like he has deleted all of his other deets. I'm going to say deets. Go back to 1999. And um, he's got Crowbar Colonel Panic here. Do, uh, Josh, you don't have it either. Is there a link? Do you have a link? I could, I could go get it. email for it. So Crowbar Colonel Panic at pm.me. At pm.me. Cool. Crowbar Kernel Panic at pm.me if you want to get in touch with them. Um, don't forget they're uh, a gaming-centric Mint, Mint cast spinoff. So um, go check them out. Give them a, hey, like and subscribe and Smash hit the bell like and do backflip and all that stuff. Yeah, there you go. Um, Moss is also not here. We're actually pretty thin today. Uh, but he is, remember, the new host of Full Circle Weekly News. He's uh, also a host of Distro, Distro Hopper's Digest. He writes at It's Moss, the website. You can also find him at MeWe's, his blogs, Bandcamp, and a few YouTube channels. Bardic Triad on Twitter. Zyvala at hosttux.social uh, on Mastodon. Oh, wow, this is so long. Zyvalananda at protonmail.ch. His sponsors, lots of links and show notes, something, something. This is like when Apollo anyway, Creed go. comes out at the beginning of Rocky IV. <laughs> and he's got like 150 <laughs> The nicknames. most exceptional, amazing, astronomical. <laughs> yep, that's there he is. And then Tony, uh, Tony Hughes, also not here, but you can get him at HPR, host ID 338. He blogs. Uh, he tweets at TonyH1212. Uh, th at mincast.org and distrohoppers digest at gmail.com. Uh, Tony Watts as well, tw at mincast.org or Echoes of Savages, the band. And Josh, what about you? Finally, you can email me at joshontech at mintcast.org. It works. <laughs> it works. It works. Oh my uh, gosh. Now you can works. find me on Crowbar Colonel Panic and uh, at Josh on Tech. I'm pretty much everything else. 
Mike, what about you? I'm not being left out of the fun, so you can catch me at my new fancy boy email address, too. It's Ooh. Mike at Mintcast.org. Or you can catch me on Discord and Telegram at GrouchyM. And feel free to hit me up about some Nintendo games, too. If you want to talk retro Nintendo or even current day Nintendo, let's do that. Just miss me with all the PlayStation and Xbox garbage. What's your favorite original <laughs> Nintendo game? Like NES Nintendo? Yeah. Uh, Contra. Contra's good. Ooh. Not Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? The best oh, game I, ever? I, I do love that. You know, I still remember the password to Mike, uh, Mike Tyson. Mm. 007-353-9671, <laughs> I believe. There it is. You can get me at leotravis.org and at leotravis on Twitter, uh, at leo at c.im on Mastodon, or hear me at linuxuserspace.show as well. But before we leave, we want to make sure to acknowledge some of the people who make Mintcast possible. Owen Peary for our audio editing. Josh Lowe for all of his work on the website. Hobstar for our logo. InitRD for the animated logo. It's fantastic, by the way. It's got a retro feel to it. I feel like uh, it, it came straight, speaking of NES, came straight out of an NES game with the little ching across. Oh, it's so fantastic. And Londoner for our time sync. So if you know when we happen every two weeks, thanks, Londoner. Bytemark Hosting for hosting Mintcast.org and our Mumble server. Archive.org for hosting our audio files. HPR for our backup mumble room and the Linux Mint development team for the fine distro we love to talk about every fortnight. Thanks, Clem. Thanks, Thanks Clem. Clem. And team, team, team. This guy. This has been another episode of the Mintcast podcast. The show notes for this episode are at mintcast.org. You can send us email at mintcast at mintcast.org. You can find more information about Linux Mint at www.linuxmint.com. You can follow both Mintcast and Linux Mint on Twitter, at Mintcast and at Linux underscore Mint. Thanks to Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com for our theme music, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Mint. figure out how to this is to Bulgaria where is that it's got a flag but I don't know where it's from are you talking about uh Vincent nope that's not Zeno Bulgaria Peak? yes Zeno uh, Peak where is yeah I think that's France isn't it no the the one above it that Clem is France uh, oh what, huh. what is that flag it's like the same Flags color, of the world <laughs> Somebody hasn't been watching Dr. Sheldon Cooper's Fun with Flags. I have not. Um, no, you forgot to You forgot to thank Clem. Yeah. Where did you go, Josh? Right when we were thanking everybody, you leave. Hey. Can't believe no it. No excuse. Can thank him right now. believe it. Yeah. You thank Clem right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the Netherlands. <laughs>